back. Hi. Hi again. It's episode 42 of My Favorite Haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. I did that out of order because I was about to say it's episode 42. <laughs> but I said that already. Do you know what 42 is? The big number. It's the meaning of life. Oh, that's right. I forgot. According to the Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. Yeah. What is the meaning of life? 42. <laughs> it's also, fun fact, Mulder's apartment number. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all my fun facts about the number 42. Yeah, I got none. <laughs> um, so, hi. How are you? I'm doing okay. Me too. Not that you asked, but... I was about I, to, and then just, you said, me too. And then it's just like, well, that... I... Because I don't have any announcements, and I get thrown off <laughs> when I... Because I'd look at my screen, and I don't... I just have my thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. have notes. I, don't I mean, have, I have notes, but I don't have, like, announcement notes. Yeah. I don't have any either. All right. I guess we'll just get started then. Yeah. Am I going first this time? Yes. I am. <laughs> All right. It, it's weird because, like, I just went. Um, well, you guys can thank Tim from Florida for this one. Um, ew. He, ew. I said ew. It sounded like ew. <laughs> Sorry, ew. Is that better? <laughs> he was, I think he was telling me about this when, or did he tell both of us about this one? When he was up for, when he came up for the investigation at Rolling Hills I don't know, because you didn't tell me which one oh, it is yet. I know. Well, I mean, I just figured if um, he was telling... I can't remember. Did he tell us something? He was telling both of us about a haunted place we should check out. Then you would remember. I don't remember. I, I think he might have mentioned something, but I don't know if it was a full story or if he just mentioned something in passing. I'm pretty remember. sure it was him. Maybe I have the wrong person. I'm pretty sure. I probably should have checked with him before I did this. This is, okay, now you can complain that I didn't prepare correctly. Um, I, I, I'm I pretty sure it was him, though, because he was talking about going back down to Florida. Yeah. And, oh, there is this place down there that, anyway, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> um, So it's called the riddle house and it's in west palm beach florida and no it's not tom riddle's house um it's carl riddle's house mm. um, so again a lot of my info comes from or actually no just this next little part is wikipedia um so it was built in 1905 originally in west palm beach florida by henry Fla oh this is fun this was a fun thing I stumbled across by Henry Flag Flagler's Hotel Construction Workers. So Henry Flag Flag Flagler Flagler Flagler. Huh? It looks like Flagler <laughs> was a founder of Standard Oil, and um, he was a big name in the development of the East Coast of Florida, and like for hotels and mm -hmm. and stuff. And he's known as the father of Miami and Palm Beach, hmm. and. Henry Flagler is originally from da, 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 da. Rochester. Hopewell. 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 Wow. Our little tiny Hopewell. <laughs> little is that even a town or is it like a hamlet? I don't know. And Sandy's from Hopewell. Yeah. Sandy. Sandy lived in. She grew up in Hopewell, um, right outside of Canandaigua, right next to Can part of Canandaigua. I think. so. I don't know. She but, went to she yeah. went to Canandaigua school, in just a tiny little. Tiny little thing, and here's this guy from there. 
Anyways, it's just a, it's a it's, wow. it's a hometown thing. Yeah. So it's it's a fun little thing. I, I I don't know what kind of person he was. I don't know if that's actually something to celebrate. <laughs> Or if that's something like we, like Ryan Lochte, like we just pretend he's not actually from here anymore. <laughs> we don't know him. We didn't sit in fourth grade with him and have him sign our yearbook. Um, <laughs> he's a douche. Anyway, <laughs> those things happened. And some of this hotel um, construction workers, they built the house um, using leftover wood from another construction project. And it was originally, it was built on um, the grounds of the Woodlawn Cemetery. It was originally mm-hmm. a funeral parlor. And oh, it, nice. it was known as the Gatekeeper's Cottage. And um, the groundskeeper of the cemetery lived there. Hmm. So it was like a nice job park. You got a, you got a house saloon. You live there. Um, in 1920, Carl Riddle, um, he was... West Palm Beach's first city manager and superintendent. He purchased the house um, and he lived there with his family. And uh, in 1995, in lieu of demolition, um, his ne- I, I'll go into more detail about it later, but his nephew, I think his name was John, um, convinced the city to donate it to him so he could have it dismantled and moved to yesteryear village. Oh, is <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. It's, um, part of the state fairgrounds and they, you know, it's like our version of the Genesee country village Yeah. or, um, what's the one in Austin? I can't remember, but the night owl podcast, if you ever listen to that one, um, he's investigated at a similar like museum, mm-hmm. um, where they disassembled the, historic buildings and then move them and reassemble them. Yeah. So that happened. Um, so we're going to go back up a little. That's like the whole history of the house or most of the whole history. Um, except for the deaths. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nice. According to the lineup.com, um, the first reported haunting was of a cemetery worker named Buck who was killed during an argument in town. But it's said that his ghost returned to the grounds to haunt them, which included the house, specifically the front porch where the cemetery employees would often gather for lunch. Hmm. Front porch is important. Um, After Riddle bought the house and moved in, a cemetery worker entered the home and went up to the attic. And it's believed he was because he was experiencing financial trouble, hanged himself. Uh, not long after that, the family began having problems keeping employees because of reports of the sounds of chains dragging on the floor, apparitions, disembodied voices. Um, workers would abruptly quit with no notice after experiencing any of these things and just leave and never come back again. Um, uh-huh. After the Riddle family left, ownership changed hands often. So I think they moved out. I thought I wrote it down. I guess I didn't they Moved out. I think in the thirties, um, the ownership changed hands often after they left. Um, no one really lasted long, supposedly due to the supernatural activity. There were businesses there that never lasted. Um, and some, somewhere in the seventies until 1980, the, um, college used it as a dorm hmm. that didn't last very long. Um, in in so now we're going to WPTV Channel Five News in an interview. So they were doing like a a hokey like Halloween segment yeah. as local news channels do, and um, 
So they interviewed Richard Thompson. He was a yesteryear village maintenance worker. Okay, I just want to point out autocorrect because I know I wrote maintenance. (laughs) And what I have here is a yesteryear village main 10 era worker. (laughs) He was one of the main 10, apparently, in the the era of worker. Um, Wow. That's terrible. Didn't even change one word. It changed it to three words. Changed it into three different words. Uh, And I swear every time I update, okay, this is a a tangent for a minute. Every time I update something, Mm -hmm. my autocorrect gets worse. And I thought I was going crazy, but I've spoken to like six other people who have said the same thing. Wow. So I don't know what Apple is doing, but they need to knock it the fuck off. Because (laughs) when, first of all, I never mean ducking. If you ever get a message from me that says ducking, that is not what I meant. You know what I meant. And I know that that's always been a thing, though. Um, but now it's like where, like, I'll write, like, a real word, like, mm-hmm. maintenance, and I know I spelled it right, and it'll just change it. Wow. I, like, it'll change – it changes my yours. Mm-hmm. It switches them to the wrong one. And my theirs, my there, there, there. Like, and that's Shame. a peeve for me. But that's a peeve for me. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know. Hate, and I always, like, I itch to correct when I see other people do it. But now, like, it, I'll put the correct one and it mm-hmm. changes it to the wrong one. And I'm just, and sometimes it doesn't even do it until after I hit send. And I watch it change as the message sends. That's weird. That's I'm so like, weird. What are you doing, Apple? Stop it. Anyway, that's my rant for today. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Um, so Richard Thompson, a yesteryear village maintenance worker. Um, this was this was amusing because it's not really scary. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's a, okay, it's an occurrence. But she wraps the reporter. She wraps up. She's like, after hearing Richard's spooky stories, and I'm just like, it wasn't spooky or no, terrifying tales. That's what she said. After hearing his terrifying tales, and I'm like, that wasn't terrifying. The curtains opened. Um, but so he says, like, he'll come in in the morning. So like overnight, obviously everything's locked up. Nobody's mm-hmm. there, and the whole thing is like all these buildings are in like an enclosed area, so people yeah. aren't going there overnight. They close down. Everybody leaves. So he's, he claims, like, he come in in the morning, the doors are locked, the curtains are all open? Yes, open. A little bit later on in the day, doors are still locked, nobody's been in, mm-hmm. um, no one's opened the door, curtains are all closed. Hmm. And then, you know, the same thing, then it'll happen yeah. again, like, the next day, so. And then after hearing that terrifying tale, we went inside the house where we met Terry Schultz, who was a guide, and she took the crew on, like, a little bit of a tour of the house, mm-hmm. and um, they went into the kitchen where, so she was just, like, talking about the house, and there's, like, a bell, you know those, like, I guess they're kind of old-timey, I feel like they're from, like, I want to say, like, the 40s or something, but, like, they'd be on, like, the door, it would be, like, a brass fixture on the door. Yeah, it's, like, a, a curly cue spring, and yeah. the bell jingles. Yeah, so when the door opens yeah. and shuts, you hear it, like, so they're in the kitchen, and the, so the camera's focused on Terry, mm-hmm. and the door is behind her, and mm-hmm. I think it's, it looks like an exterior door, and all of a sudden, the bell just starts, like, she's just talking about the house, and the bell starts jingling. And she goes, oh, that's Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> so wow. she says, she said, um, they didn't get into specifics, but they said she believes that Mary came into the house attached to another object. But then as they said that, they zoomed in on the bell. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're leading us to believe she came with the bell. Mm-hmm. And that's why, maybe that's why the bell rings. But they didn't specifically say so. 
um, take that for what you will. And then this was a fun, a fun thing. So, um, oh, and then they went upstairs and nothing happened up there. And then they showed like the door to the attic that's padlocked Mm -hmm. because, and then of course Terry's all like, oh, well, we don't know what could happen up there because, and then the, the reporter said something like, um, because it's unstable or something. And, um, and Terry goes, oh, well, yeah, that too. But you know, anything could happen up there. We don't know what can happen up there because we think, you know, that's where the really, the mean spirit is up there and, and we don't want anyone to get hurt. So that was cute. Um, you're adorable, Terry. Um, but it, yeah, the attic door is padlocked and it, you know, um, we'll get to my favorite people at ghost adventures and, um, they, uh, they went up there and, like it's kind of a mess. It's very small and cramped, slanted roofs, slanted roofs, slanted ceilings, and um, it's like storage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> that's why they don't want anybody up there. But other than that, it's got like a finished floor and everything, so it's not like you're walking on beams and yeah. like you can move around. Mm-hmm. It's just very small and cluttered. How did the guy hang himself up there then? Oh, there's rafters. Okay, okay. there's yeah, there's raft, there's there's beams. There's still exposed beams. You know, like I don't in, know. I just you said small. I'm thinking everyone's hunched over. <laughs> not quite that small, okay. um, but it's not. There's no flat ceiling. Oh, like it yeah. peaks. Like, you know, my garage, the loft yeah, of my garage, yeah, yeah. but it still has the beams that come across. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking everyone was like all hunched oh, over. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, there's enough room to like you can walk back, but it's like one narrow thing. Um, if you guys have Travel Channel, you can actually – I don't think you need a subscription. I think you can go to Travel Channel, like their app or their website, and watch – I think seasons one and two are free to watch. Hmm. Okay. So, And it's season one, episode three. So you can watch it. With the segment – this back to WPTV. Um, the segment ends, and they go. They cut to, like, live – back live in the studio. And mm-hmm. the reporter, Richard Laytow – and um, the anchor, whose name I don't know because they didn't put it on the screen, no. um, <laughs> briefly, the, um, they briefly recapped it and they did their, you know, their hokey little, oh, Halloween, oh, yeah. And then he goes, and you had something happen while you were there too, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, we saw the bell ring. <laughs> but that's not what it was. She said, um, well, she and Terry were downstairs and the cameraman had gone upstairs to get some shots mm-hmm. of the second floor. And she and Terry both heard movement on the front porch And Terry went and opened the front door. They both heard a male voice call out, hello, but nobody was there. Um, So apparently there's a lot of activity on the front porch, Mm -hmm. which, like I said before, is where the cemetery workers Mm -hmm. used to regularly gather and have lunch and where our pal Buck would be seen after he was killed in an argument. Um, which they never said what it was about. Someone probably stole someone else's horse or something. I don't know. After that, so I couldn't find any, like, quote-unquote real investigations. I know if you've listened to us at all, you know how I feel about Ghost Adventures. <laughs> but beggars can't be choosers. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there was some interesting thing, And also, you know what? That that Zach Bagans. Mm-hmm. I'm going on an adventure. I'm sorry. He'll always be <laughs> Zach Baggins to me. I'm going on a ghost adventure. Um, he, uh, I'm starting to enjoy laughing at him 
when he does <laughs> stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, in this one, they got caught in a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Like, a pretty bit. So, they were in the cemetery trying to... Oh. They were with a medium. And they were trying to pinpoint where exactly the house had stood oh, when okay. it was there. And... They got caught in this really bad thunder. Like, I mean, the thunder was, it was intense. It was, you know, it's Florida. Those storms, and they roll through when they're done, but, like, they can get intense. And they're standing out in the middle of a cemetery. (laughs) And then he starts freaking. He's like, oh, my God, we got to go. We got to go. Get out. Where can we take cover? We got to take cover. It's lightning. It's lightning. And he runs to the metal gate. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I'm just like. Are you, what, what are you doing? No. It's lightning. I'm going to take cover right next to this eight foot metal gate. <laughs> um, so Ghost Adventures investigated in season one. It's episode three. I don't know what year that is. Oh, eight. They're on season like 272. I don't. Yeah. Their seasons are weird. Yeah. They're like, they're like two seasons a year or something. So I, I don't know, but it was a while ago. So they started out interviewing John Riddle, who was Carl Riddle's nephew, mm-hmm. who got the house, um, you know, instead of them demolishing it. He said, give the house to me and I'll get it moved. And he was behind all of that. Um, and so him being in the family, he had Carl Riddle's diary that he kept Ooh. of all the activity in the house. Which is fucking awesome. So he kind of explained the chains dragging, Mm. which actually it's like, it was weird because he said that once the the stairs creaking in the middle of the night was a big one. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was one in the same with the chains dragging. He said that it would start with the steps just creaking and then it would get worse and worse and worse until it sounded like chains were being dragged like up and down the stairs. And that's why like the, the workers like wouldn't stay once that started. He said, once that started happening, (laughs) they were all gone. Nobody would stay and it would go like all night. So then they interviewed this guy, Steve Carr He was part of the crew that reassembled the house once it got to yesteryear. And he says that during assembly, the workers, they'd leave ladders, like, in place overnight to come Mm. back to the next day. You know, like, well, I'm not done. I'll finish this tomorrow. I'll leave the ladder. They'd come back the next morning. The ladders would be in completely different rooms. Hmm. Like, not just, like, shifted a little bit. Like, they'd be in a different room. And then he also witnessed a two-by-four fly across the room and hit another worker who was standing next to him. Like, in the head. And they didn't even know – then he's like, we don't even know where the two-by-four came from. There wasn't any in that room. Like, it came from another room. Wow. And just, like, all of a sudden was just, like, flying – projectiling through the air and hit this guy in the head that was standing right next to me. Like, Ow. Um, yeah. He had this other story, which to me sounds a little far-fetched, but, I mean, maybe just because we always hear this kind of thing in, like, urban legends and stuff mm-hmm. um, or, like, in – horror movies the village was uh they were hosted they were having this event where they had obtained um historical photos of some of the buildings from Mm -hmm. the local historical society and they had them they had them like all like out on this like um the stand and they were all like covered and they were gonna they had like a bunch of people and like a press thing and um they were gonna do this big like unveiling and you know food and drinks and like fancy shit so as this is going on before they are doing the unveiling everybody is seeing this couple they look really well to do they're like kind of 30s and he's like this young couple in their 30s and i'm like how old are you yeah (laughs) 
he wasn't that old, so I don't know. Those young couple is like 22. Maybe they were young for the crowd they were in. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. Could have been. Um, But they were walking around in like really like kind of wealthy period clothing. Mm -hmm. And he's like they were stopping to talk to people. And so like they were interacting Mm -hmm. and like nobody had... They just thought that they were there, like, cosplaying or something, like, for the event, you know? (laughs) So they go to do the unveiling, they're getting everybody together, and then the employees are all like, oh, we should get that couple because it'd be a great photo op. Mm -hmm. So they should, like, stand here while we... And then the press takes their photos and their video and whatever. And so they can't find this couple anywhere. (laughs) They look everywhere. They're gone. They can't find them. So they're like, "Uh, well, we have to do this. So they go to do it. They take the... (laughs) They take the the cloth up, they unveil all the photos, and then they found them. <laughs> they were in one of the photos. In a photo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I just it sounds like the end of like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode yeah. to me. Like, and there they were in the photo from nineteen thirty. <laughs> like Yeah. Not saying it didn't happen. I mean very cool story. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel like because it's been so overdone in Hollywood that I'm just like, yeah, sure it did. You know? Yeah. Maybe if they have more than one person saying it. Well, and that's the thing. But, I mean, it was like yeah. this guy telling the story. But according yeah. to him, like, they were stopping and, like, talking to people and stuff. So, um, that's cool. And then as, as like, one last note, so, like, they're wrapping, wrapping up his interview and they're like, all right, thanks, man. And, like, Zach is walking away and then he, like, stops him and he goes, one more thing. If you have access to an American flag, you should bring it in tonight. <laughs> and he got, like, all, like, he, he got all, like, weird and stuff and Zach was like, why? And he's <laughs> like, because every time we've tried to go and hang a flag in front of the house – we go in the closet where we keep the flags, and they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> he got so dramatic. He got so dramatic. So he's like, whoever's in there doesn't like flags. And Zach was like, okay. <laughs> we'll bring a flag. Um, and it just, it was a little ridiculous. It was a little <laughs> over the top. Um, <laughs> Maybe he was just uncomfortable on camera. <laughs> He was doing fine before that. Oh. <laughs> he would, I think he was overacting for the camera. You know how mm. some people who like, especially people who are not actors yeah. and they get in front of a camera and they feel like they need to like be bigger, like or show off or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So that was cute. They then spoke to Marilyn Reinhardt. She's a maintenance tech. Um, she says that she hears unexplained noises in the house and she's had her hair touched and there's, she called it the little girl's room, but I think it's just like, it's just like a toy room. Mm-hmm. It's not specifically for a little girl. Um, but she, so whenever she's in there, she feels like somebody's watching her like very, very closely. They then brought in medium Sheila Powell. Uh, they said they told her nothing about it in advance. I will say, I don't know where she's from, but if she's from the area, she probably knew something about it already. Yeah. Um, but let's go with she didn't, because mm-hmm. um, that makes it more fun. <laughs> um, that, 
that's okay. Quick tangent. I know I've plugged the night owl podcast before, but that's one of the things that I love about his podcast is he's like, he's got this medium on his side and he's like, we brought her in. I didn't tell her a thing. And then it's like, even like the one, I think it was the last one they did. It was a private residence. So Mm -hmm. like there wasn't any way for her to look it up as opposed to like, Oh, meet us at this place. And she's like driving there, Googling on our way. You know what I mean? Like, not that I'm not saying that that's what happens, but like that's, you know, it could a possibility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they go to this private residence and she's pulling up information left and right. And this happened and that happened and this over here and that over there and da, 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 da. And, um, it's like, you couldn't possibly know these things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just, that's, I love, I, (laughs) I love that. I love that podcast. They're great. Anyway, so they bring in this medium, um, Sheila Powell. And so they get in the house. The first thing she says, she senses a spirit with a double J name. And then she's like, it's a hard J, like um, like the J in Joseph. Oh, Joseph. That's his name, Joseph. So we didn't know this previously, but the guy who hung himself in the attic uh-huh. is in Carl Riddle's diary, and his name was Joseph. Hmm. Um, and they never say what his last name is though, but he's the, he's the groundskeeper who hung himself. She went upstairs to the kids room. She felt like there was some kind of fight or argument in there, which ended up in the attic. Um, according to her interpretation, four men were arguing over money. They were all important men to the town of West Palm beach. One man had stolen money from the town, but was very like, well to do mm-hmm. like known and everything and like he, there was he wasn't going to take the blame for it so they set up th- this other guy okay um to to um to blame him and then that guy went up into the attic and hung himself because he didn't want to go to jail over something he didn't steal okay so Kind of, because it was money problems. Mm-hmm. So if they set him up, if he was having financial problems, and then, you know, they set him up and, like, here's your motive. He had financial issues, mm-hmm. and he stole the money. And so, I don't know. I found that interesting. Kind of made sense. Yeah. And then they went up to the attic, and then they had another tour guide up there with them. And she said that the, they went to the place. She showed them the place where he hung himself Mm -hmm. which the beam isn't there anymore because that exact spot caught fire and the uh so they had to cut the beam Mm because it was burnt and then but like the area around it because it was like right in front of the window so there's like the peak of the roof right there and it's like all black and charred Mm -hmm. so i don't know (laughs) the fact that that exact spot and then how does the fire just break out in an attic yeah that is weird yeah before they even start their investigation. So now they're, like, locked in. Oh, this was my other favorite part. Um, they, as they're, like, because they lock themselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they're getting locked in for the night, he's, like, she's going to, they have, like, the manager or whoever there that's going to put the padlock. And he's, Zach is all, like, yeah, she's going to put the deadbolt. Make sure you're going to put the deadbolt and lock us in. So make sure you lock that deadbolt. It's a padlock. <laughs> It's a fucking padlock. Wow. I just, I can't see. This is what happens when you run towards an eight foot metal gate in a thunderstorm. Anyway, 
I'm sorry. I just, you know, when like stuff snowballs and it's like one thing, I find one thing annoying about somebody and then all of a sudden everything is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. So they're in the house, the the three of them, Zach, Nick, and Aaron, and they're downstairs. They're getting their equipment ready. So they had set up in the kitchen for their, like, home base. Mm-hmm. They're not – nothing's even going yet, and there's, like, this – well, we don't hear it because he turned on the camera after the fact. Oh. But he's like, we weren't even going yet, and it's huge. the front door just slammed. Like, someone's – he's like, they couldn't have slammed it because it's locked. So mm-hmm. – but it, it sounded like somebody, like, ran into it from the outside trying to, like, slam it open or something. And then he says, and then the bell over the door started ringing so i will point out it was stormy right Mm because they had just come from that thunderstorm and the whole time they're outside they had to put they had a a camera outside but they had to put a tarp over it because it was rainy and so i'm like well maybe a gust of wind hit it just right and then the bell rang because the door vibrated (laughs) just an alternate theory to present and then as they're like going over what just happened and they're like, Oh, the door, the door, get the EMF, get the, what's the temple. And then Nick hears footsteps in the room right above them. And he, he just like is somebody's walking above us mm-hmm. and it's the toy room. Okay. And he's like, he's just like, there's, it's not just footsteps. Like somebody's walking around up there, mm-hmm. but they're like, there's no one else here. It's just us. So then they finish there's they finish getting set up and as like a trigger object, Zach puts a small two by four <laughs> at the top of the stairs. Stupid. Um, well, I mean, I, I get it, but it's just like not as stupid as him walking around with a noose around his neck oh, the yeah. entire night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, so he puts it at the top of the stairs, hoping that whoever threw it the first time will come back and throw it again. So he sets that up there, and then there back down at the base of the stairs investigating cold spots even though the temperature didn't drop below 85 okay i like debunking my own (laughs) but i mean like because there are some things that are like that's cool and then other things that i'm like okay you're playing this up Mm -hmm. like do you really feel i'm so cold it's freezing right here it's 85 are you in florida that can't be cold at all (laughs) it's not it's not. I think they were trying to play it up like it's a cold spot because I feel cold, but the but the temperature reading would also drop. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it, they were just sweaty. I don't know because you know sweat cools you down. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Anyway, so they're investigating these cold spots down at the bottom of the stairs, and then all of a sudden you hear like wood clatter on wood, mm-hmm. like somebody dropped something wood on a wood floor. And, but they were all, all three of them were at the bottom of the stairs. And they're like, what was that? And then it's, the camera swings up and the two by four had dropped like two steps. Mm-hmm. And it was like angled sideways. <laughs> so now it gets funny because now it's like they're fucking with you. Because <laughs> so then they all three go running up to investigate the board. And then, you know, Zach starts like provoking. Oh, did you throw this board? Did you throw? And, you know, he's shouting and being Zach Bagans. Then there's this big crash from downstairs. <laughs> so go running downstairs. And they had, there had been a flag on a pole, mm-hmm. a flagpole, <laughs> um, standing in the corner of like, I guess like the living room or whatever, the, okay. like the right room, like a sitting room or whatever, right off the entry. They were all at the top of the stairs in this big crash and it was just, and it was in a stand and everything and it just fell. Hmm. 
for no reason. Just fell. So then Zach really goes nuts and he's yelling and taunting and no, seriously, you don't scare me. I we know I don't approve of his methods. But mm-hmm. then Nick starts hearing somebody. He's like, somebody's walking in the attic. Mm-mm. So then, fast forward a little bit. Nick and Zach are downstairs getting ready to do like an EVP session or something in the living room. And then there was a loud crash in the kitchen. So they go running into the kitchen and it like, it's loud. Like you can hear it on the camera and it sounds like something big fell over. They go into the kitchen and nothing's out of place. Interesting. I can't find anything. So then at the same time as this, Aaron is upstairs because they always make Aaron. I love Aaron. Aaron. (laughs) They always make Aaron go by himself somewhere. He's, I like him. He's fun. Um, Poor guy. But so he's up in the attic by himself doing EVP and he's a little bit jumpy and it's kind of amusing because he's like, what was that? What was that? And then one of the things he's like, what is that? And then he's like, because he's, he's got the night vision camera and he's facing it towards himself. Mm-hmm. He's holding the recorder in this hand up like this. <laughs> he's like, what is that? Oh, my God, what is that? Wait. Oh, it's my shadow. <laughs> <laughs> he starts moving his hand. It was the shadow of his hand holding the recorder on the ceiling behind him, <laughs> which was kind of fun. It was kind of cute. Um so he's asking questions and everything, and he keeps like, I don't like my bed, because I don't like this either. It was He was sitting in the middle of the room with his back to nothing. I'm like, oh, sit yeah. on the wall. Like, I, I'll sit on a wall. I don't like my back open either. So then it's it was cute the way they cut it, because they cut it almost like, it's like leading up to something happening to Aaron. Mm. And then they cut back down to the living room with the other two. And then you hear a crash and like a yell oh. and from upstairs. Uh-oh. And then you cut to Aaron and it's like he, there's like a crash and he like screams and he kind of falls off his seat and then he jumps up and he just runs out. <laughs> like he didn't even look to see what it was. And it's like, you can't, I didn't see it either. I was like, what was it? And it was, they, they go, when we reviewed it later, this is what we found. And they zoom in behind him. There was a birdcage. Oh. Like one of those square, um, like two by two by two or maybe three by three by three. Mm-hmm. Um, th- like the cute birdcage. And it was in the back corner mm-hmm. sitting on something. But like nobody was moving around. Yeah. It was, it was stable that long. And it all of a sudden it just like pushed forward and toppled over. <laughs> Like, out of nowhere. So, that was fun. And then the only other thing, they actually, they didn't get really EVPs. Like, normally they're really heavy on EVPs. Like, did you hear that? It sounds like this. Did you hear that? It's a ghost saying this. Um, But this time they did, after that, after the attic thing, they set up uh, study cameras in four different rooms. They got one EVP in the toy room that Zach says sounds like a little girl maybe playing with a toy. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like a cat. It sounds like, because it sounds like a little meow. I'm like, oh, it sounds like Helena. Meow. Um, but it's like, there's a weird noise right before it too. Like, um, almost like a series of beeps. Hmm. It's like, I mean, it could be the camera. It could be yeah, anything, but um, it's like, um, it's like a beep, beep, beep. And then you hear meow. <laughs> And then the only other real thing that I could find was on YouTube. It was posted by Gary Wolf with two Fs. And it's a, it's a, they called it a ghost blue orb. You know, I'm not big on orbs, but it's somebody doing like a tour. And 
they're in one of the bedrooms and it's like right at the beginning of the video and it really is like a blue sphere that just kind of shoots hmm. across the screen. Interesting. Which is weird. But other than that, I couldn't find any like real like paranormal like society investigations where somebody went in overnight. But you can visit Yesteryear Village and in the late summer and fall, they do ghost tours, quote unquote, <laughs> of the buildings there. And then, oh, and then one of the other theories that I couldn't really like elegantly work in anywhere. They said that, so obviously when the Riddles lived there, when it was mm-hmm. in its original location, there were accounts of hauntings. Yeah. But when they moved the house, they said that the activity like doubled. Mm. And one of the theories is because it's in a little community surrounded by a bunch of other old oh. historic buildings that all of the activity is feeding off of each other. And that whole place is probably just <laughs> crazy. I thought I thought you were going to say people are visiting from other houses. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> They're holding book club there. <laughs> ghost book club. Oh, and that thing uh, at the beginning of the Ghost Adventures when they had the thing, the the door, something mm-hmm. slammed into the door. And they had the camera outside focused on the porch because there was a lot of claims on the porch. Yeah. And there was nobody there. There was nothing there. The camera was pointed right at the front door. Mm-hmm. And nothing was there. So. That's the Riddle House. Interesting. Okay, so I went to Northern Ireland this time. Not we really. S- <laughs> we switched. Yeah. And I did Ballygally Castle in the village of Ballygally, County Antrim. My Ballygally. <laughs> you have, like, the best names <laughs> these last two episodes. You know, Oshkosh. Okay, so some of the history. Um, It was built in 1625 by a Scotsman named James Shaw, who rented the land from the Earl of Antrim for 24 pounds a year. It was built in the style of a French chateau with exceedingly high walls, five foot thick, its back to the sea, loopholes for firing at the enemy, and high corner turrets. During the Civil War, uh, Ballygally Castle was a refuge for Protestants. During the Irish Rebellion of 1641, the Irish garrison tried to take it over several times, but failed. The castle remained in the Shaw family until 1799, when William Shaw sold the estate to the Agnew family. For several years, it was used as a Coast Guard station before the Reverend Clausen Porter and his family took residence. It was then taken over by the Moore family, and in the 1950s, the castle was bought by the Carpet Tycoon, Cyril Lord, and was extended and renovated. It is now owned and run by the Hastings Hotels Group. Today, the castle anchors one wing of a modern hotel with banquet rooms, the garden restaurant overlooking the castle grounds, a bar, and 44 bedrooms. There are four guest rooms in the castle section of the hotel itself, and those who stay there are thought to share the castle with its most famous resident, Lady Isabel Shaw. According to legend, uh, James Shaw married Isabel, uh, who was unable to produce a male heir, only one single daughter. In anger, Shaw had her imprisoned in the turret, where, according to one story, she went mad and leapt to her death. Another story tells of one of Shaw's henchmen um, being hired to throw her down the steep stairs that led to the room. And still another story says that she was having an affair with a sailor, which was discovered by Shaw, who in a fit of jealousy had her imprisoned in the room and her child taken from her. 
and then she fell to her death while attempting to escape the room through the window to find her child. So there's different stories about how she actually died, but in some way it came. she came from the tower room and she died. And they have dedicated a bedroom to her called the Ghost Room in one of the turrets in the oldest part of the castle. That's pretty much all I could find on the history of the castle. So we can move on to the hauntings. It looks like you have a lot. Are they front and back this time? No. <laughs> Just two fronts. Yes. Okay. And it's a bit of hauntings, more hauntings than history this time. So one story I came across was about an elderly couple that visited the hotel one Christmas. Uh, they arrived at the hotel. They were surprised to see various members of the staff preparing for a fancy dress ball. And that night, there was a knock on their door. When the gentleman opened the door, he found standing there a member of the serving staff with an invitation to the ball. Not having any other plans, they attended and had a most beautiful evening. The hotel staff and other guests were all decked out in period attire, and everyone made the evening as authentic as possible. There are medieval banquets, after all, all over Ireland and England, but the couple agreed that this surely must have been one of the finest. The next morning at breakfast... They couldn't help but thank the manager for one of the nicest evenings that they could remember, which surprised their host to no end, as the ball was not scheduled to take place for another two days. <laughs> and needless to say, they checked out shortly after that. Yeah. That's like some shining shit, right, where he like walks in on the oh, party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So now we got some stories of Lady Isabel. She is said to haunt the tiny turret room that's called the ghost room, sometimes leaving the scent of vanilla, sometimes appearing to guests in the castle part of the hotel, wandering along the corridors, looking desperately for her daughter. Guests have awakened in the night by knocking on their doors or to find her standing in the middle of their room, Mm -mm. only to watch her fade away to nothing. She also makes her presence known through sudden temperature changes odd smells, and a glowing green mist in the castle yard. It usually appears when something else odd is happening inside the castle. And in addition to Lady Isabel, the castle part of the hotel is said to be haunted by the ghosts of one or more children. Guests have reported being woken up by small hands, pushing and tugging at them in their sleep. Nope. Only to wake up and find no one there, hearing only the sound of a laughing child. Other reports are of knocking at the doors that night, followed by laughing of children and sounds of small feet running away down the hall. Are you darn kids? Apparently everyone, every ghost in this in this hotel likes, likes to, to knock, knock. knock yeah. on your doors. I'm seeing a theme. Because I think this, this next one does as well, I, if I'm remembering right. Her name is Madame Nixon, hmm. who lived there in the 18th century, is said to haunt the hotel. She wanders the castle knocking on doors and it's often reported by guests that they hear the rustling of her silk dress passing them in the hallways invisible and wafting the scent of her perfume which i'm assuming is a different scent than the vanilla but they didn't say any specifics other than perfume Hmm. again i have knocking on doors many visitors have experienced knocking on the doors in the middle of the night the brave ones who have opened the door have found nothing in the corridor besides an odd smell and a shivering cold feeling. I mean, I would say at least they're polite, <laughs> right? Why does it always have to be in the middle of the night? I mean, do ghosts no time? <laughs> no. <laughs> One Christmas, the hotel was already closed to guests, and the whole staff had gathered around the fireplace in the lounge for a drink. 
everyone that was at the hotel was together in that one spot, and they heard footsteps echoing down the hall from the reception area. Then the glasses on the table started sliding, and two of them even, like, slid all the way off and fell on the floor and broke. Often after guests have left, the cutlery starts spinning clockwise on the tables in the garden restaurant, even if no one is near them. What? I don't know. That was a, just a little tidbit, and I was like, it's oh, those kids. Interesting. <laughs> it's those darn kids. One time, two nuns were staying at the castle, and about 3 a.m., the nuns ran downstairs to the reception in panic. They had felt a presence in their room. The Bible they had been reading had slid off the table and fell to the floor, opening to the very chapter that they had been reading earlier in the evening. Mm. Another guest was staying in one of the rooms in the tower beneath the ghost room, and in the middle of the night, he awoke and thought he was at home, and one of his children had laid a hand on his back. He woke up and said that he could hear a child running about the room and laughing, (laughs) but nothing could be seen, so he ran into the lobby in his boxer shorts in fright. (laughs) I'm just picturing it with heart boxers, too. (laughs) White with red hearts. It's great. Darn kids. In December 2003, manager Olga Henry had set up the dungeon room in the tower as they were expecting guests and laid the table neatly in preparation for a meal. She locked the room and later checked up on it, and the table was now a mess, with unfolded napkins and glasses with an unusual scum around them were now arranged in a circle on the table. Gross. Yes, gross. Uh, Mediums spending the night in the castle have often reported that they've... Detected more ghosts than there were guests actually staying at the hotel. (laughs) Wow. And there's a book that has, I don't know if it, no, it's not completely about Ballygally Castle, but they do have a section on it in it. It's The World's Most Haunted Places by Jeff Belanger. He's got a whole write-up about someone's experience. It was too long to go through. (laughs) If people are that interested, they can read it or check it out from your local library. Um. I just, I love the name. Bolly golly. Bolly, yeah. bolly golly. I'm going to start using that. Bolly golly. I, I had to make sure I was pronouncing it right because I know sometimes Irish or Scottish words are like weird. Did you Google how to pronounce it? Yes, I did. And everyone pronounced it that way except for like two. And they pronounced it really weird. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. The two comments we're going to get are going to be those two people. <laughs> you said it wrong. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I don't even I'm know not. if they were actual people saying it because it kind of sounded like those um, robotic voices mm-hmm. type things. So I don't know. I was going with what sounded like a person. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Bolly golly. Bolly golly. Bolly golly. Yes, that sounds like... I want to know why that town's named Bolly golly. Bollocks. <laughs> that's bolly golly. <laughs> and that is all for bolly golly. Bolly Castle, golly. that is. Bolly golly, bolly golly. Now it sounds like frogs to me. <laughs> bolly golly, bolly golly, bolly golly. That's a song or something. I'll get there. <laughs> I'll I'll work it out. Does that mean we're done? Are we all done? Yeah. So that's episode forty-two, the meaning of life. <laughs> um, that's what I'm gonna title this one. The meaning of the life. The meaning of life. <laughs> That'll be that'll be the next review. It wasn't about the meaning of life at all. <laughs> 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 Sucker, false advertising. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, that's it. So uh, social media, if you're so inclined, my favorite haunted group, Home of the Paranormies, on Facebook, my fave haunting, Instagram and Twitter. And thanks for potting with us. See ya. What do I want to be a? <laughs> Hate him. Hate him. What do I want to date him? Ugh, as if. Whatever. Talk to the hands. The face don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh my god. I just want to go to sleep. And watch Clueless. <laughs>